بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لله الحمد رب السماوات ورب الأرض رب العالمين وله الكبرياء في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم نحمده تعالى وهو جل وعلا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له رب الأرباب ومسبب الأسباب ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا مولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد رب يسر ولا تعسر وتمن بالخير وبك نستعين يا فتاح رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحد لقطة من لساني يفقه قولي رب زدني علما والحقني بالصالحين سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم سبحانك لا فهم لنا إلا ما فهمت لنا إنك أنت الجواد الكريم My dear respected elders, brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It should be clear by now that Mecca and the Kaaba existed prior to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi as far back as the beginning of humans' existence upon this earth. Yet when either of the two is spoken of, it is always credited to one who wasn't there at the beginning of it at all. Rather, he came much later after that time. Not only is he mentioned as the one who erected the Kaaba, but his family was the first to inhabit Mecca. Moreover, the Hajj, an act of worship exclusive to this land and this site is founded by accredited to and established almost in its entirety based on actions of him and his family. He is still known till this day as the friend of Allah, the Khalilullah. He is Ibrahim alayhi salam. To understand him and his honorable recognition for such a grand accomplishment, we now direct our attention from the land and the site to the highly regarded practice in Islam, the Hajj. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved him so much that he documented for all of humanity to read and remember his efforts till the last day in his holy book, which laid the foundation of this worship and is a channel to expound on its practices. In Surah number 2, verse number 125 to 127, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, إبراهيم القواعد من البيت وإسماعيل ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم. And we enjoined Abraham and Ishmael عليهم السلام عليهم السلام saying purify my house for those who visit it and those who abide in it for devotion and those who bow down and those who prostrate themselves. And when Ibrahim salam said, My Lord, make it a secure town and provide its people with fruits, such of them as believe in Allah in the last day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
Whoever disbelieves, I will grant him enjoyment for a short while. Then I will drive him to the chastisement of the fire. And it is an evil destination. And remember when Ibrahim and Ismail raised the foundations of the house. O Lord, accept from us. Surely thou art the hearing, the knowing. Continuation in the translation. The dua, Rabbana waj'alna muslimayni laka. O Lord, make us both submissive to thee. He is a prophet. His son is a prophet. But they're asking, they're imploring Allah, O Allah, make us both submissive to thee. And from our offspring, a nation. From our offspring, a nation submissive to thee. And show us our way of devotion and turn to us mercifully. Surely thou art oft returning the merciful. O our Lord, raise up in them, in that progeny, a messenger from amongst them who shall recite to them thy communications and teach them the book and the wisdom. And purify them. Surely thou art the mighty, the wise. Verses from the Holy Quran and its translation. Allah too put together. But in short, Hajj is founded upon actions which are pure and a source of purification. By visiting this site of worship, the environment alongside the acts which are performed will allow you to experience the true meaning and the true feeling of peace. Also, you will come to learn that the true meaning of blessings and barakah is not of quantity or abundance, rather that of satisfaction and contentment. Those who reject the invitation of Allah. A person doesn't pray. It's up to Allah if He forgives him or He punishes him. If a person doesn't fast, up to Allah to forgive him or to punish him. In a similar manner for charity and all other deeds which are in direct connection with Allah. Allah did not say in the Quran that if you don't pray, you're gonna go to hell. But here Allah is saying regarding the Hajj, I've invited you just like a host feels humiliated, ridiculed, Hurt if a guest last moment doesn't show up and says it was raining outside. Allah is saying, Oman Kafar, I accept your prayers, O Ibrahim, but those who reject the invitation of the Lord are doomed for entirety. For eternity they are doomed. This foundation was laid with the seal of approval of Allah. And its completion would be the presentation from the last messenger, Muhammad In a gist, this is what these verses of the Holy Quran are trying to teach you and I. To put these verses in perspective with that which transpired in history, let's take another stroll down history lane. All the prophets, alayhimus salam, 
were meticulous and diligent in inviting the creation to the Creator. Ibrahim and Ismail kept on calling people to the worship of Allah. But at that time, there was no place for the worship of Allah. Let's get together. Let's have a gathering. Let's have a feast. What's the first question you ask me? Where? Before we talk about when, let's talk about where. Where is this going to happen? So they invited people to worship Allah, but the question was, where do they worship Allah? So Ibrahim wished that there could be such a place where people would find peace and concentrate solely on the worship of Allah. When you're in your houses, in your dwelling places, or you're in your business, and you try to worship Allah, there are many factors which are distracting you from the worship of Allah. But we should have a place where one could solely concentrate on the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted him his wish. His wish was answered when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to build the sacred house, the Kaaba. Ibrahim turned to Ismail not to go off topic, but you will find in the Quran an incident from amongst the many incidents in which it's recorded that consultation was always going on between father and son. Not that I'm older than you, I know better than you, or have more knowledge than you, so you better be quiet and listen to me. No, they consulted. Oh my son, I have a revelation from Allah. In my dream, I'm killing you. I'm slaughtering you. Tell me what should I do? Did he have to ask his son this question? No. For Allah had commanded, go and slaughter your son. But here he's asking him to teach you and I the importance of consultation. Allah is commanding Muhammad always consult with the affairs with your companions. So Ibrahim said to Ismail salam, Oh Ismail, Allah has given me an order. Oh Ismail, Allah has given me an order. Will you help me execute it? He said, Yes, I will. He said, Allah has ordered me to build a house here. He said, pointing to a hillock higher than the land surrounding it. They went towards that place and they started building or re-erecting the foundations of the Kaaba. Ismail brought the stones from Jabal Kaaba. If anyone went for Hajj or Umrah 10 years prior, they would have seen Jabal Kaaba. Now only there is a street. Everything has been demolished, everything has been removed. But it's quite a ways down. A little over a mile from the Kaaba itself. So Ismail went to Jabal Kaaba and Ibrahim built the walls. And the walls became high, so Ismail brought a large stone and put it in front of his father so he could stand on it and carry on building the house. While Ismail handed him the stones. Both of them went on building the Kaaba, re erecting the Kaaba. Constructing the Kaaba, saying one thing, Rabbana taqabbal minna, O Allah, accept this from us. O Allah, accept this from us. For truly, without your acceptance, all deeds, all actions, all sacrifices are of no use. How strange is it today we go to the Hajj, you're in Arafat, and what are people talking? The food was cold today in the afternoon. Did you hear what happened in the news last night? Yes, I did call my family yesterday. 
When you are in the midst of the most important act of worship, how can your mind wander? Here Ibrahim and Ismail are building the house. They're not talking as father and son. So what time are you going to break for lunch? When are we going to go in? It's getting hot outside. No. Rabbana taqabbal minna. When they finished building the house, Jibreel السلام, descended from the heaven showing Ibrahim the rites of the Hajj. Then Ibrahim السلام, stepped on the stone and called the people. As Allah said in the Holy Quran, which we'll be describing and discussing very soon. Understand the announcement he made. He said, O oh people, obey your Lord. Allah said, invite them to my house. And what is Ibrahim saying? O oh people, obey your Lord. The large stone on which Ibrahim stepped upon is still there till this day. It is known as the Maqam Ibrahim, the standing place of Ibrahim. Now, before I address this historical call, it's a historical call. And the preservation of the podium upon which it was made. We want to first understand one thing. The reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't describe in his book the first, the second, or the third construction or erection of the Kaaba is because Ibrahim salam is the father of all faiths. From him channeled Musa salam, Isa salam, and Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi salam. It therefore sends forth a message that this house is the house of the one Lord who sent these messengers with the book to unify their point of reverence. There is no clash between the teachings of Ibrahim and Ismail and Ishaq going to the predominant and major prophets Isa Musa and Muhammad and their books and their teachings. There is nothing that could clash between them. That is why Allah subhanahu spoke solely about Ibrahim and his house. To clarify that this is the house and it promised is for all of mankind to benefit from. This is not the house of the Muslims. This is the house of the whole of humanity. So that they be abide by the code and rever it in the appropriate manner. To support this, the Quran has brought support for this statement and for this motive. With the full light of the history, Allah subhanahu wa says in Surah number 3, verse number 95, Say, Allah spoke in the truth. Follow the religion of Abraham, the same faith. The same faith. He was not of the pagans. Allah saying in the Holy Quran, which has been given to Muhammad sallallahu Ibrahim. Your teachings are not confined to Muhammad sallallahu They go far back to Ibrahim salam. And in verse number 96 of surah number 3, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
that the first house of worship which has been appointed for man is at Bakka. We discussed this last week. Mubarakah. It is blessed as we just discussed right now. It is a guidance for all kinds of creatures. For all the creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not just for the Muslims alone. A noteworthy point which sheds more light and importance on the effect of the Kaaba can be found in the story of Mi'raj. We know this great incident, Rasulullah ascended the heavens. Now on each door, Jibreel knocked. The angel said, who is it? He said, Jibreel, who's with you? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When we hear his name, what do we say? Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Has he been called for? Yes, door would open. So the same thing happened on the seventh heaven. When the door was opened, the gate opened, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, therein I found a man with a long white beard. I asked, who is this? Jibreel said, this is Ibrahim salam. He is reclining against Baytul Ma'mur. And Baytul Ma'mur therein enter 70,000 angels every day to visit this place once and never again. My dear friends, Baytul Ma'mur is the much frequented house. As I described before, it is a place exactly above the Holy Kaaba. So picture the Kaaba and directly above it is the similar house known as Baytul Ma'mur. We humans and jinns perform tawaf here on earth while angels perform tawaf around Baytul Ma'mur. And above it is the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to feel it when you go to Mecca. It is the most holiest place on earth. A point directly connected to the holiest of places, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's throne and to Allah Himself. Why was Ibrahim reclining against the wall? This is my point here. Why was he reclining against the wall of the Baytul Ma'mur? Simple. Because when he built it on this earth, he found within it comfort. He found within it peace. He found within it contentment. He found within it satisfaction. He found within it the true meaning of life. Whatever we sow in this world, my dear brothers and sisters, you will reap in the Akhirah. So he did for Allah. He found Allah and he wanted to stay connected with Allah up there in the heavens, subhanAllah. How great of a connection this is. Moving forward to the call. That famous call. Allah subhanahu wa says in Surah Hajj, verse number 27. Allah saying, O Ibrahim, proclaim the pilgrimage to men. They will come to thee on foot and mounted on every camel. Lean on account of journeys through deep and distant mountain highways. Allah acknowledges in the Holy Quran that even another few centuries from today, regardless what the mode of transportation may be, it will still be difficult. It will still be something in which you will find unease and discomfort. That you will find the camels lean and the people lean on account of that lengthy journey to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what is Allah saying? I acknowledge it and I value it. For this is your sacrifice for me. 
In a hadith it is stated when Ibrahim completed the erection of the Kaaba, he said, Oh Allah, I've completed your holy house. You gave me a task and I completed it in the most perfect form, shape and manner that I was capable or able to do. Allah then said, O Ibrahim, announce amongst man that they shall come for pilgrimage. Ibrahim is standing in a valley, in a deserted valley. Where are the people? Today we call amidst the people and people then say, I didn't hear you. I didn't understand you. And here no one is present. So he's asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how shall my voices reach those who you're telling me to call? Allah replied, you will make the announcement. My command shall make it reach it to them. Ibrahim made the command. Allah, Ibrahim made the announcement and the command of Allah allowed the announcing of the pilgrimage to reach everything on the heavens and the earth. Everything heard the announcements of Ibrahim People should not find this impossible for to believe that the creator of the inventors of radio and cell phone and television cannot cause or cannot allow the voice of his messenger to reach the whole creation. He can do it. According to another hadith, it is stated that any person who heard the call, they said, Labbaik, that I am present. It is the same call that the hujjaj, the pilgrims cry when they go to the hajj. In another hadith, we find that whoever recited the Labbaik once shall perform hajj once. Whoever recited it twice shall perform hajj twice. How many numbers of time one said Labbaik, that many times they shall perform the Hajj. How fortunate indeed are those souls who Allah granted the ability to say Labbaik multiple times. In acceptance to the call, my dear brothers and sisters, as in all worldly venues of invites and functions, there are certain protocols. From dress, please dress professionally. Please dress casually. Nowadays I tell you, please dress in this certain color because that's the theme of our party, right? Gifts. No box gifts, please. Right? So we're trying to say, give something, you better give something, but it better not be a box. Protocol. Time. In our Indian Pakistani culture, we say 7 o'clock because people then come at 9 o'clock and then we'll start food at 10.30 and hopefully we'll drink tea at 1 o'clock. So we have to give a time also. So there's protocols to follow in this world. And as guests, regardless of the complexities, we abide by them willingly because our host requests this from us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the supreme host, has also made known certain set of rules. And as we abide by these rules here, we should abide by them there also. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Holy Quran, Al-Hajju ashhuru ma'lumat, faman farda fihinna al-Hajj, fala rafat, wala fusuq, wala jidala fi al-Hajj, wa ma taf'alu min khayri ya'lamhu Allah, wa tazawwadu, fa inna khayra zadi taqwa, wa taqun ya'ul al-albab. The pilgrimage is performed in well-known months. Whoever determines performance of the pilgrimage therein, there shall be no intercourse or fornication, nor quarreling amongst one another. Whatever good you do, Allah knows it. And make provision, for surely the provision is guarding of oneself. And be careful of your duty to me, O men of understanding. Three codes Allah has presented here. 
aside from taqwa. Fala rafath. Obscene speech. Now we know obscenity and obscene speech is which is in the level of haram is always haram. But there's another one Allah is saying that in normal circumstances it may be okay, but now that you are in the haram, you are in the hajj, you are coming to me, then even love talk with one's spouse is haram. Wala fusuk, which means wickedness. We know all sorts of wickedness which are haram and they're always haram. But there are certain types of acts which are permitted during, the, during life are now prohibited during the Hajj because Allah wants you to come closer. For example, applying perfume. Allah calls this Fusuq at this time. Wala jidal, my dear brothers and sisters, arguments and fights are always a means of our deprivation of good from Allah. A means of disconnect, a means of disunity. But Allah separated, although Jidal falls in the category of Fusuq, but Allah separated only because in journeys, arguments are bound to take place between pilgrims who are traveling and they don't know each other. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expressly mentioned this word that be very meticulous that you do not fight and argue during the Hajj. Moving along, the high regard of Hajj. The great honor bestowed on this practice of Hajj. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah number 5, verse number 4, Al-Yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum, wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati, wa raditu lakum al-Islam adina. This day have I perfected your religion for you, completed my favor upon you, and have chosen for you Islam as your religion. Allah is saying in the Holy Quran, Contemplate on this statement. Such a powerful, fulfilling statement. One of the greatest virtues of Hajj is the announcement of the completion of Islam. Islam, the religion, the code of life is perfected, completed in its form by Allah in the Hajj. This verse was revealed during the Hajj. Imam Ghazali rahimahullah writes, Hajj is one of the fundamental principles of Islam. Upon it, upon it, the foundation of Islam becomes complete. And upon it, the deen of Islam was completed. So let's never deceive ourselves that I'm performing my prayers, I'm fasting, giving charity, I went for Hajj, so my deen is complete. No, my dear brothers and sisters. They are the foundations upon which the deen is established. It begins from there. Once a learned person from amongst the Yahud, the Jews, came to Umar and he said, In the Quran, you people read a certain verse. If that verse was to be revealed to us, we would have celebrated that day annually. Umar inquired, Which verse is that? He replied, Allah did not reveal in the Bible. Allah did not reveal in the Psalms. Allah did not reveal in the Torah that the religion is complete. That the religion has been perfected. Why? Because it wasn't meant to be. For there was a continuation. There was an update following it. But there is no update. There is no path of continuation beyond the Quran. Beyond Islam. So Allah is saying, we have completed it. 
Umar radiallahu anh says, Verily I remember that day and the place where it was revealed. It was a double celebration for us already. For it was a Friday, a day of celebration for all Muslims. And secondly, it was a day of Arafah, a day of celebration for the pilgrims. This verse was revealed on Friday after the Asr time when Rasulullah was seated on his camel. Zayd bin Thabit says that when verse number 95 of Surah number 4 was being revealed, I was sitting next to Rasulullah and he became in a state like one in semi-consciousness. This usually happened when Wahi came down. And he put his head upon my thigh. And the weight was so great, I felt that my leg would break. My dear brothers and sisters, we've discussed the call, the manner, i.e. the protocol, and the high regard. How then can one doubt, dispute, disregard, or delay such an offer? How many have been fooled over the years from various telephonic and electro scams? From you've won a free cruise. You've won a car. You won the lottery. And what ends up happening? You want nothing. If you were naive and you followed the trail of breadcrumbs, you lose everything. Yet, we never learn. Once bitten, twice shy is not applicable in these cases, it seems. But here the Lord, the Master, the Creator is calling. But we have every excuse in the hat to turn it down. We have every excuse in the hat to delay it year after year. I'm going to do the Hajj maybe next year. Well, next year is not good, the year after. I remember one thing, my dear brothers and sisters, the warning. Ali radiallahu says, that Rasulullah stated, whoever possesses the provisions for the journey and the means of transport to bring him or her to the house of Allah, yet they do not perform the Hajj, then there is no difference in him dying as a Jew or as a Christian. Abu Umama reports that Rasulullah said, whoever fails to perform Hajj while not being prevented from, from it by a definite and valid necessary, necessity, or by oppression from an unjust ruler, or by severe illness, and passes away in such a state, has the choice to die as a Jew if so he wishes, or as a Christian if he so wishes. To substantiate this, Rasulullah recited the verse of the Holy Quran, Pilgrimage to the house of Allah is a duty. Pilgrimage to the house of Allah is a duty upon men. Imam Ghazali rahimullah, also writes about these ahadith saying that the Hajj is indeed a very important form of worship. That the defaulter is regarded equal to a Jew or Christian in the sense of rejection. In the sense that they reject the call of the prophets. Here we're rejecting the call of the Creator and the Master. May Allah give us understanding. This is not a small matter. The other day we were doing Hajj, Fazal Hajj in our classes. Brother asked, we were told that you only perform Hajj when you fulfill all your worldly obligations. My question was, when does that happen? When you get a house, when you pay off your loans, when your kids grow up, when they get married, 
But guess what? They have grandchildren. You have grandchildren then. And guess what? Those grandchildren come back to you nowadays. This is a new trend in society. You raise your children and you raise your grandchildren. Obligations of the world will never end. But if you fulfill the obligation to Allah, He will ensure that He takes care of your obligations. Now it's for us to decide which route we want to take. Umar said, I would have liked to announce, again, I would have liked to announce in all towns under Islam, that whoever has the means, just does not go and perform the Hajj, he shall be forced to pay the jizya, the tax, because he is not a Muslim. Again, I would have liked it to be announced, but he never announced it. <coughs> Why jizya? Because jizya is a tax paid by those living under the Muslim rule. But that doesn't mean that they are capped on. We don't go off topic here. It's because the Muslims provide them the security and the finances and the resources while living in the town. My dear brothers and sisters, look at the severity of these warnings. Alongside the harsh tone used to express it. The reason should begin to manifest in us that there is so much at stake and gambling it in one's life can jeopardize one's abode in the afterlife with destruction of the life before it. So in conclusion here today, we've taken a tour around Hajj. Inshallah next week we will enter the topic and explore with a greater sense of gratitude and acceptance. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us, allow us to understand the importance of His call, the importance of His invitation, and allow us to hasten to His house and fulfill this obligation before death.